Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, joined as always by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com. That was my most normal intro ever. I'm gonna lampshade it. I'm lampshading the shit out of it. Oh god, no! <laughs> we are we are 15 seconds into the show, and Simone has already uh, no. added money to the Hamilton to yep. Hamilton fund. God, why? I like it. I like it. I like it. So I am so embarrassed today, Christina. So <laughs> you posted something on Facebook, and you're like, "The new Hamburger Helper album is excellent." And I'm like, "Yeah, nice try, Mashable." <laughs> you're like, a, you're like Christina good try. Warren. Yeah, okay. Whatever. And then you listen to it, and, and you're then, like, and then like, I click I'm it, like... and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is on fire! Like, this is really yeah. good." Like, <laughs> like I hate myself. I hate myself, oh, but yet it's really good. Exactly. Oh no. Oh, no, and, and it's you exactly linked me to it. Was to do. Yeah. I only listened to like 30 seconds of it right before we had to start recording and I'm in love with it. I'm going to be jamming to it all night and all weekend long. <laughs> so thanks for changing my freaking life. Yeah. I'm glad we, we got you away from that, that uh, so, other kind of like Hamilton <laughs> and Taylor Swift. Yeah. So much music. for <laughs> music that has critical accolades. Oh I'm going to be God. listening to hamburger helper all weekend. Watch the stove. Yeah. It will be in the show links. Cause I'm putting yes, it there it right now. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's far better as I wrote on Facebook than it has any right to be. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, and you were not fooling. You were not fooling us. No, I, I like even like hashtag brands it because I was like hashtag brands, <laughs> like making fun of it. I'm like, you know what? Well done hamburger helper people, because this is, this is kind of a gem. Yeah, yeah. So, have you all seen the remix of uh, Taylor Swift face planning on the treadmill? Yes. No. Which one? The one to all of her songs? Yeah. Have yeah. I just like yeah, missed it's out so on good. all pop culture this week? Have I been in a I hole? Guess so. so, so today yeah. Taylor Swift released, uh, or slash actually Apple Music released a Taylor Swift um, campaign, uh, an ad featuring her singing along to uh, Jumpman by Future and Drake. And uh, she's on a treadmill and, and, and she's rapping and it's awkward and adorably Taylor. And then it gets even more adorably Taylor when she freaking face plants while she's no. running on the treadmill. It's really great. Oh, it's my great. God. And so someone has taken those moments and like taken some of her, her song lyrics, like her best things like, and I'm lying on the cold, hard crown, like like as she like, <laughs> falls and, and doing some other like beats. It's really funny. So there, there are a lot of edits going around. It's good stuff. Absolutely. I'm going to be looking that up, too. That's <laughs> maybe we'll get lucky and the internet will remix Hamburger Helper into like a Taylor Swift on the treadmill falling. Oh my, oh my god, that would be it so be good. That would be peak that internet. Actually, that would be peak internet. And it, it would it would work too because so much of the hamburger helper stuff is like t stealing blatantly from future. Yeah. <laughs> like it would actually it would honestly make sense to like take since they're taking future production values, it would like make sense for them to like that would be really funny. That's very meta. So Microsoft Build happened this week. We're going to get right yeah. into things. And I think the internet is in agreement that the most exciting thing that to come out of Microsoft Build is just more information about the HoloLens. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, also, Cortana I was really is getting excited. smarter. I mean, I was really excited about Bash, native Bash coming to, to Windows 10, but I know that... You freaking nerd. <laughs> you huge freaking nerd. I was gonna say, I Christina's think I'm the like, only we one could talk about <laughs> augmented reality, but we could talk about that. But I want to talk about Bash actually coming to Windows. No, you know, you're right. You're right. It was Hololens and Cortana. But if, if I'm being totally honest and selfish, like the fact that native like Our new 
tools are coming to Windows, that the sick one will no longer need to exist is is kind of a my hands are literally over my face right now. I'm. (laughs) (laughs) Did my nerdery embarrass you? No. (laughs) You are beautiful and a wonderful flower, and I love you so much. (laughs) Oh, I know so little about everything that you just said that is <laughs> shameful and i should be expelled really? i should be yeah native gnu oh. heck yeah i love ganache it's delicious um, oh, no oh, no oh, oh. <sighs> so we're recording this at the end of a very long week on a friday very long week um it's true yeah and that is that is the spirit that we are in right now um but we are pumped to be here with you, Rocket listeners, and we're going to talk about HoloLens now. So, honestly, really cool thing. If if there is a person on the internet who missed it, uh, do check out Monica Lalwani's totally in-depth, awesome look at the HoloLens that was published on Engadget. It is the first time that someone has just been able to mess around with the HoloLens and its apps um, for basically they let her loose for an hour and a half. And there's video of it and this incredible write-up of some of the experiences that she had. The one that jumped out at me, of course, freaking augmented reality murder mystery game. Yeah, yeah. Is that not what I, is that not the summation of my essence? Is that not what I have been living for on this earth for the past 25 years to experience? Tell me now, yes or no? I, I mean, I think that it's, 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 a, it's really close close to that like i i could have a better murder mystery i mean i think that i, I think that we don't want to say that it's the summation of everything yet until you experience it is what i want to say that's yeah. like That's I, would, I, I want you to experience it first and see how you like it um her write-up was amazing lance had some time with it too some other places did but i really liked her write-up and 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 kind of her describing what the process was like and, and how like kind of the field of view works mm-hmm. um I'm going to offer a correction really quick. Her name is Mona, not Monica. I misspoke. I played a game with a woman named Monica in it today, and she's been on my mind ever since. So I apologize. So, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about this, um, you know, partially because I just got back from Seattle. But, um, you know, which I, is I, the I land of Simone, the future. It is. Uh, but, Simone, I'm actually, you know, I'm really looking forward to on Rocket now that, you know, you're over at Polygon and working with Ben Kuchera, who I know is also hyper interested in virtual reality. I'm really more interested in your thoughts than my own about this. So, I mean, what was your take on it? My take on it is I, I've had some reassessing uh, to do about virtual and augmented reality since I've had a chance to play with it a little more in depth. Uh, I believe, if I'm not wrong, when we first saw footage of, like, the robot game for the HoloLens at, um, I don't remember what event it was at, but the first time they released that footage of the game where the robots are coming out of the wall and you're, like, dodging around and attacking them, we kind of made fun of that. I made fun of that. Um, And now that I've had a chance to play with some different kinds of VR, I have not experienced AR yet, I, I think I am a little, I'm willing to give that some more slack just because I know how powerful it is now to be able to move and have things respond to you. No matter, I, I well, okay, I won't say no matter what the graphics, but just the ability to do that and have pinpointed sound, which the HoloLens does really well by, um, by all accounts, 
that really makes an experience feel very, very natural. And um, so even though I was very unimpressed with, I think, the way that things looked in the HoloLens at first, I am definitely more interested now. I believe that being in that experience would feel genuinely cool and interesting and immersive in in that way not in the way that say something like the oculus would be because you're completely like it transported to a different place but i am i am very interested like i I think you can uh fool your mind into believing that um the holograms are there (sighs) that sounds that that's not quite the way that i want to phrase it not not like you're tricking yourself but um, that it could be just a meaningful, deep experience. It's immersive. It's yeah. immersive. It's more immersive. Yeah. I, think I, I say, kind of hesitate. Yeah. I almost hesitate to use the word immersive with this, just because I associate that. I know I just did uh, in my spiel there, but I associate that so much more with being transported, like you are in virtual reality, where you have no contact with the outside world. Um, but see, that has a different uh, meaning in, like, if you look at gameplay science, immersion is, like, one of the, the qualities that makes a good game. It has a scientific meaning. And, you know, yes, it means, like, if I'm playing Final Fantasy fifteen and I really buy into the entire, you know, world that they've created, but it really means just feeling so connected with the game that you kind of... Um, do you know what I mean? There's not that fourth wall there where you're kind of aware you're watching. It's yeah. the difference in like watching no, a movie no, and being like, oh, it- I'm watching a movie and you know, really getting into it and buying it. So Yeah, when you phrase it that way, yeah, it's about the belief that, yeah. that you can buy into the experience, yeah. I mean, I guess I would say this. Um, you know, one of the things that's frustrating on Rocket is, you know, most of, I get so much knowledge because I do know so many engineers that are, are working on these problems. So I'm often torn about what I can say, but I, I think I would say for me and my opinion on all of this, I I read the reviews of Oculus, which came out and, you know, I read everything that I saw on the HoloLens. And I have to say for me personally, I'm all in on HoloLens. Mm-hmm. I I just I I believe in it more. I know a simulator was announced for Hololens this, this week, and I'm not really I don't really believe it's going to be super <laughs> useful. But um, I just when I see the applications, I see the technology, and I hear whispers about some of the things that are coming with Hololens. I just I get really really excited. Does that make sense to that you? That totally. Me- and you know what? I'll tell you right now. The thing that makes me buy into it um very strongly is the fact that it's untethered. And yeah. having played around with other things this week, like the and having <laughs> I was telling I can't really talk about the experience I had with cords today. But let me okay. just say I was in hell with cords. You were in cord hell. Yeah. I was in cord hell setting some things up and the fact that this is a self-contained computer in your headset, like that is so important to me. And I think, you know, for the applications that we are talking about with HoloLens, like not just gaming experiences, but also healthcare, um, teaching, um, office applications, like being able to move freely and not have to be concerned about tripping over something is just so, so very important to me personally. So I am very excited for this. I definitely, I also think it just has more applications than virtual reality will, because again, it doesn't, it doesn't necessitate all this extra expensive equipment. It lets you be totally free with the device. 
I, I want to table some of the interface stuff for when we're talking about Oculus, but I mean, I think I would say this about HoloLens, that when you look at some of the technologies that they have shown the public, like um, they have a video out there you can look at, and they've scanned like a little, a daughter in 3D, and mm-hmm. they've mapped her onto an extremely polygonally complex, like, you know, 40, 400,000 poly rig with like 4K maps onto her. And, but it's, it is like, FaceTime is one thing, but to actually walk around someone being projected in 3D and a reasonable approximation of them, mm-hmm. that is quite another. And I just, you know, I think some of the applications like that, like, I think it's really going to be a magical moment when we see it. But I mean, Christina, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I, I The way I kind of see, you know, the augmented reality stuff of HoloLens and then the, 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 the true VR things like, you know, Oculus and, and the Vive and, and other stuff is I kind of see what you're saying, Brie, about kind of your applications. Like the fact that you can build those kind of, you know, hologram, you know, FaceTime type of experiences, the type that, the fact that you can share whiteboards and, and, and write on things and, and kind of interact in that way, I think gives HoloLens instantly a lot more usable applications in areas that aren't gaming. Having said that, I think that because of the limited field of view that the first you know units will have, and obviously eventually they'll be able to get beyond that, I think that for some people it's going to be one of those things where you get into the experience, and this is just you know from people I've talked to who've used it, you're going to really like it, but you're going to want it immediately to go beyond what you can do with it. You're going to want it to be, you know, almost immersive so that you can literally see things everywhere and not just have that mm-hmm. limited viewport. And I think that for that reason, I think I would probably bet on long term something like HoloLens being the future. But I kind of anticipate the, I guess, total kind of immersion of VR as getting more, you know, kind of, I guess, uh, heat from, mm-hmm. from, from certain people because I feel like, you can more tangibly create a game experience where you're in a world and that's exciting to people rather than, you know, you see these, these longer term potential, you know, for, for the experiences and applications around HoloLens. I think that's great, but I think that that's going to be one of those things where it'll be still be a few more years before we can really see what that does. Whereas now, you know, VR is already at the point where people can be pretty impressed by strapping a helmet on their head and you feel like you're in another world. That's true. And as someone who was somewhat doubtful of, um, some games that I had played on the DK2 having used the final version of the Oculus oh my god it was a totally different world but I do think that I I think for me I see HoloLens success being outside of the gaming sphere I agree 100 percent yeah that doesn't well, just say I think, that it, I, I don't yeah. think that it's that, that doesn't just say that it won't be successful with gaming. I just think that that's going to take longer, and I think that your initial kind of success will be the fact that you can do these other things with it, the fact that you can project these screens other places, the fact that you know you could have those sorts of chat things, the fact that you literally do have this augmented worldview, which is different and, and in a lot of ways, in, in practically every way, a lot more challenging than VR. Um, but because of that, you know, I think getting the gaming component right is going to take longer. So you know, kind of a lot of the excitement might, that's, again, I think a lot of the excitement is probably going to be, you know, on the VR stuff first, but I'm, I'm with you, Brie, if I think like a long-term bet, I think HoloLens is where it's going. I just feel like it's going to be a while before we see games on that, that people are going to be immersed in the same way that they are on VR. You know what, potentially. Can I add something to that actually, Christina? Because I, and this is, I, I really hope I'm not betraying any insider knowledge, but I know for a fact when you talk to the people at Microsoft, they're trying to put together um, your real content for HoloLens. 
they very i'm not going to say like they are down on video games but i would say it's not their mission objective and and that comes yeah. through with, with everything that they kind of share you know that Absolutely. even comes through a build you know and in the demos right. they show off gaming demos because you need to do that but that's right. not their core mission yeah no totally. it's not their mission like if you talk to them and they've told me this for a piece i'm doing and so i feel comfortable sharing this but they are looking for people with a background in writing stories they are looking for people in a background with writing good dialogue or you know costume design like people whose background is more in film so i i've no doubt that there are some games that are going to be possible with hololens like for us personally we're like you know one of our, our well i i'm not gonna talk about that actually we we have games in the pipeline for this for for that market but I don't think it's a primary mission objective. I think a better paradigm to think about this with is remember the first time someone handed you an iPhone and you pinched a zoom and it was absolutely magical. Well, I think the first time you put on HoloLens and you're able to walk around your husband while you're in a hotel, you know, halfway across the world and mm -hmm. you can actually see him and look him in the eye. I think that is going to be a very magical moment. And well, you know, I, I just want to, yeah, go ahead, please. My, I, I totally 100% agree with that. And I think the phone uh, comparison could possibly be more apt than we even think at the moment, considering that Microsoft has more or less given up on Windows Phone, left it for dead. But this is comparable to a smartphone in that it has a use outside of gaming. Like an iPhone, you can do work on it. You will, you could potentially need it in your job, but it could also be used as an entertainment device. And the mobile phones have gained huge success just because of their ubiquity, because they are both useful and playful. And this falls right in that same sphere. I think the price point, as far as we know, will probably be far above that. But just because it's something that people won't just be using for gaming, it makes it something that people are more likely to have in their hands. Therefore, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And I also think that there are a lot of, uh, and we've talked about this before, but a lot of uh, business and kind of enterprise and um, you know just uh, functional as you know ways that you can use this, you know, in 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 um, with with applications for it that don't exist for VR right now, which, I mean, this is one of, one of the, the challenges VR faces is that even though there's obviously so much more you can do with it than gaming, the big focus right now is purely on gaming. Mm -hmm. and, and it's going to have to struggle to, to break out of that mold. And, and it's fine for right now as it gets to the momentum that people care about it as a gaming thing. That's, that's what gets people in the door. But it's, gonna, it, it's going to face the challenge of, of becoming more than that. Whereas, you know, this almost has the opposite problem, but I feel like, you know, eventually the sort of interactive stuff will come um, but by, by kind of setting itself out as we're, we're not for games, this is something different. I think they're, they're probably long-term and at, at an advantage because they can set their pricing differently and they can set their expectations of, of mm -hmm. what it can do and what it can be differently. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we're, we're kind of doing a tight show this week. Um, but can we, can we kind of move into Oculus? Because I think this is a really good segue yeah, totally. into it. So, I mean, um, you know, Simone, you're, you're uh, Ben Kachera over at Polygon wrote an excellent review. I thought, uh, you know, um, The Verge did an excellent review as well. But I do want, kind of want to talk about that because I'd love to segue into the interface problem that we're seeing and some of the innovation about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I could, or I could, yeah. You want to, why don't you start yes. us off and then. Uh, sure, I'm... sure, sure. 
so the the first um the first uh, slate of Oculus um you know reviews came out this week, and I think it's fair to say, Christina, you'd probably agree with me. It was it was a bit mixed, I think, and I thought it was really interesting. You said that um like you're gonna want Hololens to get to that next level because I kind of feel like that is exactly what all of the um reviews for Oculus y- were. They're so close. Week. It's yeah, so close, right. and yet it's not quite there. I mean, Chelsea Stark, who did our review, you know that was kind of a lot of what she said. You know, and, and her review was really good too um a, a lot of the reviews were really good i was actually really impressed to see so many women um reviewing yeah, some of this I stuff which was, this, which was good so but yeah i mean the the overall impression of it was i mean i think the highlights would be um a not shipping with the touch controller hurt it a lot mm-hmm. and i think it's really hard to overstate that because if you look at some of the really interesting news that came out of gbc this year um was all the stuff that really interested me were the interface problems that we started to solve. So, Simone, I know, I probably, I don't know what I can say here. I know you're going to have a chance to play with some VR equipment this week. One of the things I'm really excited to see is a fantastic contraption mm-hmm. because, like, you have these two HTC controllers. So if I'm playing fantastic contraption in Flash, I kind of drag a mouse and say, okay, I want this to go from here to here. If you're doing it on the Vive, you kind of connect things by like reaching these, um, these like um, it, it's like what they use to wave airplanes down from from the front <laughs> of the runway, you know. And you kind of have it touch from here to here and connect it, and it's a super fluid, intuitive experience. It looks like it's just got to be magical to do. Absolutely, and like the interface for getting to menus is like you hold these two sticks and like you pretend like you're putting on a hat and then once you do that like all these menus pop up so I mean it just it really looks magical when you look at that but that's not anything the current Oculus can do because you're stuck using a stupid controller. That is 100% true and I can't say anything about the Vive um, though I will be able to say things about the Vive next Yay. week. For all okay. you know, I've never even touched a Vive, except that you've seen me in a video on Facebook touching a Vive, okay. um, <laughs> which you should watch that video, and then you may understand cute. some of my feelings. Um, we published a trailer. Can I say, you looked like Jesus Christ, where your arms were off to the <gasps> side. It was like, it is finished. <laughs> you know, like you just look. Like... I was having a moment. Um, <laughs> yes, okay. as explosions. But... <laughs> blossomed behind me, laughing my cruel laugh, um, like a witch queen. I will say, having played with the Oculus Rift, it is very, very strange to be complete because you you feel so immersed in that world. And I played through um, the first experience I had with the uh, retail Rift was in Dream Deck, which is the series of experiences that you go through. Uh, You can randomize them and you basically spend, um, I don't like 30 seconds ish. it's hard to it's really hard to gauge how long it was actually because just the nature of it. Um you spend a short amount of time in this scenario and it demonstrates something about the Oculus Rift. So there was one where you are kind of standing in this place and there are these robots in front of you. Uh they look like long cranes so they have arms that extend up and then down and they're they're swinging around, they're fighting over this object. And so they're moving around you in space and you can turn around like they'll they'll whiz behind you and you turn around and follow them and the sound tracks them and that is such a like 
it was a really disorienting in a good way experience because the rope I, I was like worried that they were going to hit me even though obviously they're not because it's a completely rehearsed thing they would be swinging their arms and come like within inches of my face and I'd be like oh my god so that that was really powerful and then there's this other one where you are in this museum hallway at night and you pop into this hallway and my first instinct was because it looked so real was oh my god I need to go wandering down this hallway like I need to explore and I couldn't because it's Oculus Rift and at the same time also my hands are basically tethered in front of me because I'm holding the Xbox controller that wasn't so much an issue with these experiences because you couldn't really do anything to interact with them you're just kind of looking and listening and experiencing it but in other games um where that that were first person, I do imagine that it would feel very confining to a not be able to see because the controller like you can't see the controller in the rift in the same way that you can see um, your controllers in the HTC Vive. And I can say that because we have published videos on Polygon um, for the Vive Pre, which is the um, the version of the Vive right before the retail version. So when you lift your hands in the game and you're holding the controllers you can see them uh you can like press the triggers and your hands will flex in certain games and that just that level of um response is very important i think for just feeling a little more free in the game making it feel a little more immersive um and i i say this as a person who loved the oculus experience like it is fantastic I cannot stress enough like how wonderful both the visuals and the sound are. It's wonderful. Um, but yes, the touch controllers, I think, would make a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like it never really clicked for me until I get to try the Oculus you know, touch controller. And, oh, I'm um, so jealous. I mean, what you, would you, I mean, what would you say to consumers? Like, would you recommend waiting to get an Oculus until, you know, like the touch controller is out there? Would you, I mean, I, what was no, you your know, opinion? If you're going to yeah. get an Oculus, you're going to get an Oculus. The controllers, like, they're holding the controllers back right now because they're perfecting them. I don't think it's a risk to wait. Um, or I don't think it's a risk to, to get the Oculus now and wait for the controllers to come out because I think they're going to be good. Um, I also don't think it's a risk to wait because the longer you wait, the more content there's going to be for the Oculus. Um the stuff right now is getting kind of mixed reviews. Like Lucky's Tale is fantastic. We actually did an overview of that. Ben Kuchera and I did an overview of it. Uh, that's a, um, it's a platformer where you are controlling a little adorable fox in third person. And that was a really cool experience. Like you wouldn't necessarily think that um, third person would work so well with the Oculus, but this totally did because you're like a benevolent God floating over the landscape uh, I did try to play it standing up, which was the weirdest freaking thing, because like you're you're moving lucky um, as you, with uh, the joysticks on the Xbox controller, as you would if you're just playing a non VR game. And there's this actual like pull. You, you feel like you're being pulled, like gravity is making you waver as lucky moves horizontally through the world. And it was just like, like I, I got a little dizzy from you're not supposed to play it standing up. First of all, I'll say you should be sitting down when you play a third person platformer on the Oculus Rift. However, standing up was a super freaking weird and awesome and 
like kind of nauseating sensation. So do do try it out, you know, just for a minute or so. See what see what I'm talking about because I'm having so much trouble verbalizing how bizarre it was. Um, but yeah, so games like and then there's E Valkyrie, which is um, a first person flight uh, space dogfighting game based on Eve Online, the famous impossible to parse space franchise which is having a war right now apparently very cool um but yeah so that there is a lot of cool stuff for the oculus but let's be real like any console that's just been released the content for it is going to get better as it goes along as people start to understand the limitations of the device and what they can do with the device and then once the touch controls come out that's going to be a whole new ball game can't wait for that <laughs> Christina, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Simone. I think if you're going to get an Oculus, you're going to get an Oculus. I don't think that, I mean, obviously, I think it's a problem that the touch controller isn't out immediately, and that might, you know, um, it, people are going to be annoyed that they have to wait, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and maybe annoyed with the experience. And I think that it maybe might hurt them if you're one of those people who's trying to decide between a Vive and, and, and an Oculus. But if you're getting one of these things, I think you're getting one primarily right now because you're an early adopter and you're a gamer and you really want to be part of this. So you're you're, you're taking a bet. You know, it, it's not that dissimilar that than when new consoles come out and you, you take a bet on which one is going to work, right? I feel like the bigger, you know, we're not going to see the real mainstream play for this sort of stuff until um the like i guess winter when when um, playstation comes out with their vr headset i think at that point then it then the then the scenario becomes a little bit different right because then you're talking about not having to have um you know a very capable pc hardware you're not talking about having to you know spend you know on, on top of that $800 for 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 a, a device you're you're talking about you know an add-on to it to a video game console and and um you know, um, promises of a certain amount of content. So mm-hmm. I think that right now I feel like this is all just kind of growing pains. And I feel like most people who are buying these devices, whether it's a Vive or an Oculus are getting it with the understanding that, Hey, you know, like they're going to be, it might work. It might not work, but this is like a risk that we're, we're taking to be on the cutting edge of the future. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, they've been around, they, they were the first big name in VR and I think they wanted to stay the first big name and come out fast completely and it's definitely they wanted to come out fast yeah i think that's a fair point they and, and they have competition right mm-hmm. like they, yeah. they see that the competition is on their heels so they don't want to wait longer and, and honestly i gotta give them some credit for that you know that they are even if it's not the perfect thing and even if the the, the touch controllers might really aid the experience okay you can sell that later but mm-hmm. just get this stuff out there i think it's it's important to have the final hardware out there because there is such a difference between the the you know the developer kits and you know the final version that I, I think that's going to get people really excited about building new content. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, at this point, it's it, – it, tell me if I'm, I'm wrong, Brie, but I feel like even though they've done a really good job courting developers, they need to continue to do that. And the best way to do oh, that they've is got, to – Oh, they've got work to do. That's fair right. to say. I mean, sure, that's but, but, the whole but, reason they released the simulator, right? Right, so, exactly. Right, totally. And, yeah. But, I mean, I feel like, you know, the faster they can get these things into the hands of regular people and, and, and the faster, you know, they can get this thing to market, the better for them. So mm-hmm. I think it's well said. I yeah. think it's well said. I, I, I think the, the, the last thing I'd probably want to say is there was a, a line in, um, you know, uh, Adi's review over on The Verge, and she was saying, like, this is the closest you're going to feel to being a brain in a jar. And to <laughs> me, that, that really matches my experience. And that is what is so disturbing about the, the Oculus when I've tried it so far, uh, at least with a, a, you know, a 360 controller, is I don't feel connected to reality. So I love the Oculus when I was able to have the touch controller 
and I felt some measure of ability to like use my body to affect the world around mm-hmm. me. But when I feel like a brain in a jar, it just it it. You know, I'm speaking for me here, but it leaves totally. me feeling very disturbed for a long time afterwards. Um, so I think with the vibe, that's not going to be as pronounced because you know you do get a sense of the room, but. Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to be negative on Oculus because I'm definitely going to buy one and we're definitely going to play with one at GSX. Mm-hmm. But um, I, 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 I guess I would just say openly, I, I am much more excited about HoloLens as a technology. And I just, I, I think at this stage, Oculus does not give me what I'm looking for yeah. as a consumer. And I'll say, having played with it, the the thing on the Oculus that I would consider like a game that I'm really interested in is Lucky's Tale. Like I said, everything else that I've experienced on Oculus feels more just like an experience. Like this is a journey that I'm going through and I'm I may not want to repeat it. Like I want to show it to my friends because it's really cool. But it's not something that I'm but going to want is, to come but back to. Something you want to play? Yeah, I don't, right, I don't want to play, play it, 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 and I can't get lost in it in the same way that I can with something else. Um, just because no, I, and, I, and I think that's a really good point because I think that's going to obviously be the thing that makes this more than just a gimmick, right? Because that is mm-hmm. the big thing that all these things are going to have to fight against. I mean, I think that this is probably the area where PlayStation will have to struggle the most is that they will have to make sure that they can create real games, not just gimmicky experiences. Yeah, but but that's I think the case with all of this is that you have to make it so that you want to stay in the in, in the experience that you want to stay in it, you want to come back that there are compelling games that are making it worth your while. And not just, oh, this was a cool parlor trick and this was, you know, a cool toy I bought, but something that, like, actually genuinely you're like, this, I'm, you know, drawn in by the story or the mechanics or something else. Mm -hmm. Or the experience itself makes this so much better than playing on a a regular PC or console that I really want to be in this world rather than, you know, what I'm used to. Yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pen Pro from Smile. Which, as you know, is the Swiss Army knife for PDFs. It's, yes, yes. PDF Pen Pro makes dealing with PDFs the simplest thing that you could possibly imagine. Do you need to add signatures? You can do that. Do you need to edit text and images? You can do that. Do you need to perform, perform OCR on scanned documents? You can do that too. And you can export in Microsoft Word. And with PDF Pen Pro, you can create an interactive PDF form with a table of contents. And that, I think, is very exciting. As a person who enjoys tables of contents, I like to use them to navigate. So yeah, okay, PDF Pen Pro 7 is genuinely like the tool for people who deal with PDFs a lot. It makes everything about it super easy. You can export to Excel, to PowerPoint, um, PDF archive formats, and... Just like it takes away all the annoyance of dealing with PDFs, which I know we do a lot for work in our daily lives. It's always a hassle. I think PDF is probably the most hated file format, but Smile and PDF Pen Pro 7 are not hated. They are beloved by people who have to use. Yeah. Well, what it is is people hate um, Adobe Acrobat. Yeah, and okay. uh, that's that, that, that's what that, that's what it is. But PDF Pro Seven is not Acrobat. It's PDFs like are maligned nice, and it's... because of Acrobat. PDF Pen Pro Seven and Smile are taking back PDFs from the tyrants at Adobe. <laughs> who have <laughs> <laughs> they are reclaiming PDF. It's not that's a right. slur. 
It's a wonderful, beautiful file format, and you can enjoy PDF. Like, I enjoy PDF now. I used to hate PDFs. Every time I came in contact with the PDF, I'd be like, disgusting. You can love PDFs like Kanye loves Kanye. Oh, my God. I hope PDF loves PDFs (sighs) because, I mean, since it's had such a a turgid history. Turgid? Turgid? (laughs) Turgid. Whoa. Torrid. 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 Torrid history. Oh. So, if you doubt (laughs) what I'm saying to you... Oh, sorry. Go on, Brie. No, I was... was, Close out the ad. I have another thing to say. I hope you're going to say something good about PDF Pen Pro 7. I am. I am. Okay. I I will tell the people listening first that they can try a free demo of PDF Pen Pro 7 in case they don't believe me I don't know why you wouldn't believe me. Why would you not believe me? After Simone? over She's a year so... of me just telling you truth upon truth, you should go to smilesoftware.com slash rocket and try the free demo of PDF Pen Pro 7 today, tonight. It requires Yosemite or later, works on El Capitan just fine. Um, so please do go check it out. Remember smilesoftware.com slash rocket. And thank you so much, Smile. You and your great products for sponsoring Rocket and all of Relay FM. I was just going to give a bonus ad to Smile because they're so awesome like it's that. True. That they saved me. They saved me carpal tunnel this week. <gasps> so I have I've probably gotten over a hundred Twitter accounts suspended this week because whoever. So the same people that like try to hack your Twitter and get control of it. There are some Gamergate people that have done this. So they have this massive control of bots on the internet and they've sent them my way. So I have to like report hundreds of these a day. So text expander, I've set up special text expander (laughs) shortcuts now to report it. And it is a glorious operation. So usually when I'm trying to report a Twitter account that's doxing me, you know, that can take like you know, 20 seconds, even with my muscle memory being as awesome as it is. So now thanks to Smile Software, I can do that in moments and it is much appreciated. So thank you, Smile Software, for helping me report my harassment on Twitter. (laughs) Fighting the good fight every day. It's so sad. It makes me smile with sadness. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know no, if we'll laugh or awesome. cry. I'm laughing rather than no, it's like it's just... Christina, if you looked at my phone and you type in Twitter and then harassment and then suspend, it's just page after page after page after page of suspended accounts. It's oh kind of awesome. God. So yeah. Oh, we should talk about other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, let's move on. Uh do we want to yeah. move on to the Electronic Frontier Foundation or should we yeah, wrap up the Apple quick. FBI and lay that to rest? We can do both of them super quick. Let's do the EFI super quickly. All right. Yeah. Do you want to get into that a bit since I know you know Corey and... Sure, sure. Um, so this is, uh, you know, Corey Doctorow, a boing boing, friend of the show, good friend of the uh, Wu family. I love Corey. He's got, uh, he's, he just says so much important work with... You know, bringing issues of like DRM to the to the forefront. So, you know, long story short, they are um, kind of bringing a uh, they're kind of standardizing DRM, and um, one of the things that yes, they are, and one of the things that's very problematic about this is there's no current um, like exception for people like for security researchers that might want to look at DRM and like look at exploits for this. Uh, Basically, you know, they could, uh, they are bringing in legal liability currently if they choose to 
do this. So what what Corey was looking for is they're putting a um, a proposal down to basically give an exemption to security researchers, which is such an obvious thing that you need. Um, it's it's really shocking it wasn't already there. So super shock. And like I I don't know. It just it makes me along with the Apple FBI topic related. Um, just makes me wonder what people are thinking when they don't allow for they don't make allowances for our need our constant need to keep reinforcing security on platforms and security researchers are a huge part of that because they are finding those weaknesses and bringing them to light so that we can fix them and to not to to possibly leave those people vulnerable well totally and when you don't have exceptions the problem is is the people who get hurt and this is the same thing when I, when it comes to trying to legislate against encryption is that you don't actually prevent any of the bad guys from doing any of this stuff. So you don't like if, if, if there's not a DRM exception for security researchers, it's not going to prevent the bad guys from still finding ways, you know, to test against things and, and to find holes and stuff and, and, and to, to do bad things. They're, they're going to do it anyway because they don't care the same way if, if encryption is, is, you know, um, uh, legislated against, you're, it's not going to stop people from using encryption. It's just the, the, the bad guys will continue to use it. They'll find other ways to do it. What it does, though, is it takes the people who are actually trying to help things, so security researchers and, and, and people who are white hats, it prevents them from doing their job and from, from you know, fighting against the, the, the criminals because they're not able to be, without the fear of, of the law coming down on them. And, and that becomes really problematic. And, you know, with this, it's it's especially important with DRM. I mean, there's kind of a tendency, I think, for people to not really think through the issue. Like, if I buy a book on Amazon, you know, do I really own that book? And you're looking, if they're talking about standardizing encryption, what if someone went through and, like, found some kind of exploit that like corrupted your entire library or you know found something to just wipe out your library like or or found ways to get through that security and get a ton of private information about you like there are there are so many extremely serious scenarios here that you know we we need that and you know i want to be clear like there's a i know that christina do you know if this has been finished being adjudicated yet but there was somebody that figured out how to like control an airplane like in the <laughs> aliens inside of it on wi-fi on a plane and obviously that is a reckless example of security research but we we do need people doing this ethically and responsibly you know for for the good of all of us totally totally and, and i think you know to to the eff's point to Corey's point kind of publicizing this what's kind of disappointing is that a lot of people who you know talk the big game of caring about this sort of stuff haven't really stood up in this case yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's been disappointing to see when you have opportunities of, of the cosignees to, you know, people who are part of the stuff who haven't just bothered to say anything when it's like their security ultimately is at risk, too, because if you're not allowing researchers to have to be able to feel like they can pursue things in this area, then all that's going to happen is that, as you said, there could be potential exploits. You could be something like where, you know, a file format, you're talking about books. That's a very common one. We were just talking about PDFs. I mean, that's one of the things. You can have ways where malware could be packed inside these things and stuff could affect other things. And you might not know it unless you have someone who's able to play around. And we can't rely on companies themselves to do this, as we know, because they don't know what they're doing. Well, it's not even that always. It's just that it's too big of a service area, you know? So it, that's, that's part of what... That's a fair way to say something. <laughs> Thank you for being more diplomatic than me. <laughs> but 
But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, but like, but I was just saying. But so it's just, it's disappointing when you don't see other people who are ostensibly on the right side of this fight stepping forward and wanting to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Just because it's not sexy doesn't mean that it's not important. And so I'm glad that Corey has been bringing this up and has been you know beating the drum on this. Yeah, totally. And I'm gonna put the link in our show notes. Uh, there's a write up that he did of it on Boing Boing about the proposal that they're bringing before the um, WW3C about the allowance for security researchers, basically just a legal binding agreement saying that security researchers won't be um, prosecuted or um, get in any trouble for the work that they're trying to do. Uh, You can get in touch with Corey if you, Mr. Dr. Rowe, I'm calling him Corey, I've never freaking met the man. Um, (laughs) You can get in touch with him if you feel like you have something to contribute to that process, or you can just read about what is going on? It is less sexy than Apple versus FBI, but it is still important. Speaking of Apple versus FBI. <laughs> Boom. Segway. It's dead. Well, this case is dead. The For issue now. is not dead. This is like the end of Carrie, like where they put her in the grave and then the hand. I think that's how Carrie ends. I've never actually seen the movie, but I have an approximate knowledge of many things in pop culture. So that's that you the, haven't seen. You should watch Carrie, Sissy SpaceX, some of her best work. It's a good movie. I know. Um, don't I know don't don't uh, don't watch Carrie Two. It's not worth it. Don't watch the remake of Carrie. That's definitely not worth no, it. No, watch it's the original. So bad. So watch bad. the original from the seventies. It's it's quite oh. good. Also, the Why book Stephen do- King, one of his best. We should do a show where you just like say movies to me, and I I like describe the plot as a person who has never seen it because I can tell you about the plot of Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can because you know the pig's blood at her prom, the whole thing. I know you, 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 because you've seen it parodied so many times. I'm still saying you should watch it. I agree. Even though you I approximately agree. know what it's about. You should still watch it. I am simply saying, Carrie to the Grudge, do not watch that. That is terrible. I will do not, not watch do that. that. And do not watch the Carrie remake either because that is also I will terrible. Not do but that the thing. original, so bad. good stuff. Oh. It would be like drunk history, oh. but just like ignorant film watching. That'd be the name. I it's can't even catchy. look at Julianne Moore after oh. that movie in the same way. It it's, ruined so, it's Julianne like, Moore for you? It, That's drastic. It, it's like it's like that episode of um, you know, some parts of the newsroom are so terrible it makes me like reevaluate my entire opinion of Aaron Sorkin. You know, well, like, I that's hope how I bad can't it know is. About so, that. I, yeah, I still need yes. to watch the West Wing. Oh. <laughs> Okay, God. I know. You need. Uh, you also need to watch uh, Sports Night because that's yes. really that's really what you need to oh. watch. I mean, the West because the West Wing goes through eras, like especially when he was really coked out. Um, like <laughs> don't sue us, Aaron. You were you were coked out. He you was. were arrested at the it. airport. Yeah. The only reason they got dropped is because nine eleven happened and people had bigger fish to fry than your like coked out butt. Oh my anyway, God. It's, it's it's true though. It's yeah, true it though. True. It's Just true FYI, though. This is what brunch with Christina was like. It was just a solid hour of us dissing on celebrities, gossiping. I'm not dissing Aaron Sorkin. I love Aaron Sorkin. I'm simply saying that The West Wing, it it had like ebbs and flows. First three seasons, really good. Then there were some flow. Then there's some follow. I heard there's a point where he left and then bad. There was a point when he left and bad things happened, but then good things happened. We got Alan Alda and that was a great thing. Anyway, uh, we got Matt Santos. It was a great thing. Anyway, um, you should watch Sports Night though because it's only like 22 episodes. (laughs) No, sorry, I will. Yeah, watch speaking Sports of the Night. no, going back. Yeah, watch Sports Night. But speaking of Apple versus FBI, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Yep. This case ends again. It is this case. It is not the entire issue, which I think is important to note. So on Monday, the uh, FBI basically filed a brief for the court and said, um, "Yeah, you know how we said over and over again that only Apple could get into this phone. Well, uh, yeah, we got in. So sorry, thanks, guys. <laughs> Lol, thanks, bye. Sorry Lol. for wasting your time." 
they didn't say. No, they didn't say that. Not at all. And they also didn't say we don't know who the the company is, although we we it's it's heavily believed to be, and now, now has been like reported by a number of people that it's it's Celebrite, an Israeli-based security for, firm. Um, and and I want to go on record and say Celebrite. I've, we've all been pretty convinced it was them because it leaked to an Israeli newspaper last week that that was who was probably involved. And then it was very interesting how Celebrite was, do, as a company, they were like, well, we can't say that it's us. But wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's totally us. <laughs> they, like, yeah. they really, like, they've, they've wanted to, I would not be surprised, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but screw it, I'll say it. I would not be surprised if the leak that it was them originated from <laughs> them. Um, because they... It, it's just one of those things. Um, it, it certainly is, has improved their stock price on, on oh, a number yeah. of levels. Anyway, they we don't know how they got into the phone. Um, the, the general consensus at this point seems to be that it was a, a software method. Um, and, and the problem is is that, um, you know, um, Apple, I, 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 I spoke to some senior engineers at Apple a couple of days ago about this, and they were trying to kind of reaffirm their position, which is, you know, look, they never were trying to kind of sell the fact that they are the most secure phone out there. They, that the, their security is neither the best in the, it's not perfect, but it's not imperfect mm-hmm. either. So they're trying to kind of say, look, just because someone got into our phone doesn't mean our, our phones are, you know, totally insecure by the same way of saying just because the FBI was trying to say that only we could get into the phones doesn't mean that they were the most secure. They're trying to kind of re- reframe their stance on security. But but I, I asked, you know, the engineers, I said, look, have you filed anything with the government to find out how they got into the phone? And they have not. But I spoke to some lawyers and said that Apple obviously could make a filing to try to figure out, like, how, what the method was of accessing the data on the phone. But the government would almost certainly not respond and would almost certainly classify it. And, and mm-hmm. the thing is, uh, classify the method of how they got in. So it's almost certainly would not be revealed to the public. Um, the only way that you... And this is why security researchers are important. It, it is. Well, the reality is, in this case, if Celebrite was indeed the source, as, as everyone is reporting that they are, this was a security firm who probably found a zero-day, if, if we're being honest. They probably found a zero-day bug in whatever version of iOS 9 was running. Yep. They were probably able to take advantage of that, and they sold it to the government. Now, this is, yeah. in, in fairness, this is what security companies do. This is yeah. exactly what they do. Most of the time, though, you know, you can sell it and, and, and they can kind of become open and, and it becomes weirdly a cat and mouse game with the companies and then with the people selling those solutions. So, you know, I'm not going to feel too bad for Apple and not knowing how they got in. People are like, oh, you know, the FBI should have to turn this over. No. Well, no, no. I mean, look, if they're going to use it in a court of law, then that's one thing. But in this, this is not a criminal case in, in the sense that, you know, there's someone to go on trial because there's not. They're trying to get information about a phone and see if it can go someplace else. If that information would were used in, in, in a legal case, then maybe that would be a, more, a, a different question. But until then, you know, they are not under any obligation to reveal to Apple how they did it. And frankly, Apple, I think it, the onus is on them the same way as it's always been when there are holes that people find and, and create exploits and create forensic tools around. It is on them then to patch that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it, but it's just interesting the way it's ended. You know, it, there was so much buildup and, and now it's kind of fizzled out. There's been a lot of conspiracy theories, you know, from people saying, oh, you know, the, the government didn't actually get into the phone. Uh, they just did this because they wanted to save face. I will say, and, and I said this on, on a podcast to do with Brett Terpster over tired, but I want to say it on this show. I don't think that that is in any way helpful to the conversation. Even if you think that, I don't think that I'm not so I'm a cynical person, but I'm not so cynical that I believe that the local prosecutor in this case, who I firmly believe did just want to get into the phone, is yep. lying just because the FBI is embarrassed. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that for a second. I also think, you know, it's important to understand, and then I'll stop talking, you guys can talk, um, that this, you know, this one case is over, but there are still 13 outstanding all writs 
act requests going on. And, and other courts are going to be, you know, asking the same questions. One lawyer I spoke with earlier this week did say that by, you know, basically admitting that a third party was able to help them get into the phone, that is probably going to cause other judges to raise their eyebrows when the government or the FBI or whoever says only Apple can get into the phone. They're probably going to raise an eyebrow and go, really? Because that clearly was not the case beforehand. So that does definitely hurt their future cases. But by no means does this mean that, you know, this is over and there, there are other All Writs um, Act cases um, on the docket. We don't know the details of those from what we understand. And, and we've been talking to people at the ACLU. We've also put in um, Mashable, uh, Sergio Hernandez and I, a number of freedom of information requests. But we um, haven't, you know, mm -hmm. received the details. We've been trying to find out what the, the exact nature of all those cases where there are these pending All Writs Act requests. And it seems like most of them are probably drug cases, which, so, yeah, so, you know, it's All Writs Act cases. Um, it, we don't know the details, but it seems like they're mostly drug cases. Anyway, not as sexy as this. Long story short, CLDR, this case is over. The longer battle continues, and uh, we'll probably be talking about this in, in a few months. But, but for now, at least, I think we can stop talking about it on Rocket. Yep. Lay it to rest. It's death knell rings. Uh, thank you so much for covering that, Christina. I, I, I'm sure you're happy to be I free so for the envious. moment. I am so Yeah. The journalism yeah. you've done has been... I mean, I, 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 really, I, I really mean this, Christina. Like, I often look at your career with... I mean, I love my job, but you are... I think you don't get enough credit for the shoe leather reporter. Seriously. That you are sometimes, and it is just impressive as hell. And I just... It really... I just... You're awesome. Yeah. So. Aw, thanks, guys. Yeah. Aww. I don't just put you in my, the show notes all the time because you're on the show. I put you in the show <laughs> notes because you have good freaking information. Uh, cool. So, Brianna, what are you up to this week? Uh, I am guest of honoring at a convention, and then I'm going over to DC for a few days. To um, the first thing I'm going to do is a um a policy talk. Uh, and then from there, I'm going to I've, I've been back channeling a lot in uh DC kind of getting ready for the change of administration because there are some um, objectives I've been working on that definitely have a um, a government angle with that. So, um, yeah, I used to work for the Senate, so I've kind of been um, you know, back-channeling a whole bunch of information on that. So that's what I've been doing. Cool. Christina, what about you? Well, okay, so Apple FBI, at least this part of it is over, so that's good. April Fool's Day is also now over. Um, I just got my new iPad Pro, if I'm being honest. Oh, I'm just gonna it's so gorgeous. So gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. I just got my new 9.7-inch iPad Pro. It is engraved, and it says C-Max iPad. It's pink and fabulous. I got the lavender smart cover, and it looks great with it. So if anybody's like looking at wanting to get one of these or they're wanting to know like how the two pair, I have to say that combination is really elegant and really lovely. So, um, yeah. What about you, Simone? What are you up to? Stuff. Things you can't talk about? I will Things say talk about? the HTC Vive review will come out on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, you should be excited to read things about the HTC Vive and to watch videos about the HTC Vive. Yay! And, 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 I, and, and we can probably, you'll probably be talking to us about that next week. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I am very excited to talk about stuff next week. Awesome. Um, awesome. Fun weekend in the office for me. Yay. <laughs> That's what I'm up to. All right, Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Gal. Christina. 
film underscore girl. Obeans. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like it, as always, please leave us a review on iTunes. Give us some star ratings. We love it. Oh, wait, really? I managed to go without doing voices for the entire show and it's coming out now? Okay. Almost did. I almost made it. Almost did. Ugh. You almost made it. Whatever. This episode is terminated. 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 Terminated.